Alrighty, folks, it is the end of January, and we don't think it's too late for a prediction show. It's not technically too late for a prediction show. It's still the first month of the year. So we're going to talk about some of the things that we think are going to happen through the rest of the year. Maybe we'll get it right. Maybe we'll get it wrong. Maybe we'll miss harder right than, uh, you know, a fo- an NFL kicker in an NFC championship game. Uh, nobody knows. Uh, we'll have to see if we get it correct or not. But uh, we've got seven things that we think are going to happen for the rest of 2024. Do you think that the words wide right are outlawed in Buffalo? <laughs> like at this point, wide right, you, I, you just say it. It's like, Chicago. like it's, you know, like everybody just just chills like for a minute, dude. I a- um. I kind of like these shows. I, I think it's never too late in the year for us to figure out where we want to go or what we think is going to happen, or especially because the end of 2023 and the beginning of 2024 was so action-packed. It, it makes sense to kind of push this out. Realistically, like think about yeah. what's happened since, let's just say, I don't know, uh, December 7th of, of 2023, right? Uh, we, we've, we've had a rule. We've had a memo. We've had... Yeah. Well, let's I mean, just think about, let's think about it. Yeah. Let's think about it this way. Let's think about what hasn't happened since November of 2021. Effectively, nothing, right? Effectively, nothing has happened. There hasn't been a public there, you know, up until the end of right. 2023, there was no rule. There were drafts of NIST publications. There was very little communication from DOD. It was all of that internal rulemaking process that was following up on what they announced at the end of 2021. And, you know, we continued to beat the drum through that time period where we said, don't be fooled. Don't get lulled into complacency because you're not hearing about it. It is 100% still happening. And then boom, at the end of 2023, there's rules, there's FedRAMP memos, there's all this stuff coming out. And I think that uh, things will only accelerate. There's going to be a ton of stuff that happens in 2024. And uh, we're going to try to predict what happens. So how... How much do you think it would accelerate, Jacob? I guess is the question that we're going to answer. Or how much do we think it's going to accelerate throughout 2024 is what we're yeah. going to do on this show. These are the best yeah. shows, right? Because, you, you know, like it, it's nice to have, well. These are the best shows is, because if we get it wrong, no one will remember. Yeah, it. right. Like right. it's just like, a, well, yeah, they're just. If we get it right, away. then we can just edit all the clips in at the end of the year. But realistically, but this is the show. stuff that, you know, like we, we, we pride ourselves in, in, you know, giving perspectives that uh, other people don't have. And then sometimes with some subjects, it's it's very difficult. It's a very narrow subject yeah. with very few points to cover. And then this is a case yeah. where we're like, man, this is kind of what we're feeling inside based on all the stuff that we've jabbered about for the entire year. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are these are basically, you know, these aren't like totally out of left field. These are all based off of what we've seen coming what's happened and what we think is going to come through but let's so how many did we come up with jacob uh with seven yeah we have seven which is just a really you know we always keep converging on that number it's a very convenient number uh it's easy to remember it's not too long it's not too short it's uh it works but anyways let's jump into the predictions here the first one that we have we will hear about a false claims act case against a small business we will hear about a false claims uh, action taken by the Department of Justice by a business with fewer than 100 employees in the defense industrial base before the end of 2024. So we know that there is a distinct uptick in the amount of activity around DOJ pursuing False Claims Act investigations. There was a report put out by the DOD IG at the end of last year, which we've talked about. We'll link to the episode where they've assisted, I think, uh, recently with five different DOJ investigations into False Claims Act allegations. Uh, there's lots of 
you know, rumors and, you know, you hear all sorts of stuff through the grapevine about people getting phone calls, people getting letters, weird, you know, interactions that are happening out there. Um, and so uh, I would not be surprised to see somebody get made uh, in, into an example. The, you know, the thing about these False Claims Act, we've talked with Stephanie Sigmund in the past. We can link to that episode as well. You know, it's a lot like rulemaking where there's a bunch of stuff that's happening that isn't public. And then all of a sudden, boom, it gets published when there's a settlement or when it's unsealed or whatever ends up happening. Uh, so they definitely have a bunch of irons in the fire as far as uh, as far as that cyber civil fraud initiative is working and False Claims Act. I would not be surprised at all to see them come out, not against uh, a, a major corporation, a major prime contractor. I'm sure that will happen as well. But the the real spicy one, I think, is they're going to make an example out of a small out of a small business in the in the defense industrial base for sure. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly on this, and I think that one of the elements that is going to um, contribute to this being something that we do see is the increased awareness and people uh, just within their organizational, you know, like people coming in and doing work as a part of compliance requirements and stuff like that, and now being privy to the information that would be needed to defend a whistleblowing claim, right? Like I, I'm blowing a whistle because now I have firsthand knowledge that this is happening. More people are going to have firsthand knowledge. In addition to that, more people are going to be aware of the Civil Cyber Fraud Initiative. More people are going to be aware that you can actually blow a whistle and, and, and the things that yeah. go along with it. And and so you're going to increase. You know, now that people know it exists, everybody's going to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Up. I would not be, I, well, yeah, we were leading off with this one. I would not be surprised at all to see this happen. Uh, I would I would actually be surprised if we if we don't hear about I'm that. I'm more surprised that it hasn't happened yet. Well, that's the thing is, you know, based off, you know, how these things work, I wouldn't be surprised if it hasn't already happened. It just hasn't been published yet, we right? Just don't know about it yet. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's yeah, why right. I think that it's um that's why I think it's going to come out. And that's not to that's not to dunk on anybody. That's not to try to be like, oh, this is what people deserve. I just think that looking at the, which way the winds are blowing and the increased activity, the increased cooperation specifically between DOD and DOJ on this front, I think it's just a matter of time before we before we see that happen. Okay. Uh, there's going to be a ton of rulemaking in 2024. Off the top of my head, there's at least there's going to be at least five different rulemaking events uh, that sort of revolve around cybersecurity requirements. The that must upset one... you. That must upset you so much. Yeah. Well, at least hopefully they won't be all around Christmas time. They'll be yeah. spread out through the year. Knock on wood. Uh, Until you start putting that in the universe, and then all yeah, of a sudden, exactly. I may yeah. have I may have jinxed it already. So the big one, uh, as always, that everything revolves around is DFARS 7012, and DFARS 7012 is going to be revised via rulemaking. And so, uh, well, first of all, the, I don't think it's it's not really it's kind of a cheater prediction to say it will be published right as the DFARS 7012 proposed rule sometime in the first half of this year. However, the open question will be. Which revision of 800-171 will DFAR 7012 specify, if any at all? So famously, DFAR 7012 does not specify a specific revision of 800-171. It effectively says you have to implement whatever the most current version of 800-171 is. And nobody ever had a problem with that because it hadn't really been revised all that much. Well, along comes CMMC, and it's very difficult to estimate cost, estimate time, estimate all of these things. It just causes a lot of issues to have this floating revision number. So the CMMC rule specifies 800-171 revision two, uh, which is the current revision. However, 171 is being revised. So now are we going to have an arbitrary gap before the next rulemaking event? 
that's able to update it to Rev3? Are they going to change it to a floating revision number? DFAR7012 says most current revision. There's a bunch of problems. We've covered it in previous episodes. I think that when the DFAR7012 rule uh, is published this year, it will specify 171 Rev2, not 171 Rev3. In the words of George W. Bush. Watch this drive. That's a good one, too. I should have used that. (laughs) Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, a fool fool can't get fooled again, right? (laughs) Nailed it. So, listen. I am hoping and praying with everything inside of me that common sense prevails and we are stuck on something that at least there is symbolism in between both the requirements that ultimately make 7012 a requirement for organizations. But we've been burned so many times before. I am not going to jump on that. I think 7012 will be revised. And my prediction is that 7012 will be revised and it will specify the most current version of NIST 800-171 or the language will be so... It, it will not point to Rev2. It will point mm-hmm. to whatever the latest is. And there's a mul- multiple reasons for that. Um, mainly both the DOD's personalities aren't talking to each other and we aren't figuring out what's going on. Um, But I I just think that they're not going to change that portion and they're still going to be this delta in between the required versions for organizations in 7012 based on CMMC requirements and 7012 requirements. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they pick whatever uh, option causes the most chaos and confusion and disparity between the program and the rule. That's that's a very, that's a solid prediction. I would not be surprised. You almost had me again. If, if, my prediction, though, at the, by the end of the year when we review these, I think they're going to specify Rev 2. Um, I think there's trade-offs that come with both of those things. You think they're going to specify Rev 3? This is the ultimate question, right? Uh, DFAR 7012 says most current version. CMMC specifies a revision. Which one's the anomaly? We don't know, right? Is Was the 2016 revision to 7012 uh, an exception to the rule and they should have specified a revision number back then? Was... The CMMC rule that came out that specified a revision, the anomaly, and it will change. Nobody knows. For the sake of simplistic prediction shows, <laughs> I'm going to say they're going to point to Rev two. Now, what I'm saying they sh- or what, what I'm saying they're going to do and what they should do are two different things. One hundred percent. Anybody's yeah, picked up on a theme yeah. of this show, what we think they're going to do and what they ought to do are not always the same thing. I don't want to be the guy that's out here parading for two different standards. No, I'm just telling you, I've been burned way too many times. I'm not falling for it again. I'm going to say that they aren't going to do the right thing here. Yeah. Well, speaking of getting burned, something else that we expect to see in the 7012 rule that comes up for uh, prediction number three, FedRAMP equivalency. FedRAMP equivalency. I think that via 7012 rulemaking, which is the clause that has the language of equivalency, Uh, I think they're going to do away with the concept entirely. I think that it's too difficult of a needle to thread for the DOD. I think that originally, much like the the naive ideas that went into the original tailoring of 800-171, they assumed that uh, people would take very open-ended guidance and meet their concept of very strict guidance. And that's just not what happens for various reasons. And so rather than keep the open-ended guidance, they're going to get rid of it and they're going to go with the strict guidance. I think that 7012 will delete the concept of equivalency. Therefore, the memo will go away. And if you're going to put CUI in the cloud, you have to put it into a FedRAMP certified environment. Now we have, like I should say at the top of the show, 
This is pure speculation, everybody. We don't know, but uh, what I will say is that FedRAMP memo post on LinkedIn, the the most, the biggest post I've ever had on LinkedIn ever, like ever, <laughs> bigger than the CMMC 2.0 proposed rule, bigger than the CY uh, undermarking DODIG report. Yeah, it, it like blew them all out of the water. The amount of blowback, the amount of attention, the amount of anger, like just just the the craziness around this concept. I just think it's going to be too much drama. And the easiest thing to do is just get rid of the concept altogether. There's no obligation on the DOD to maintain a concept of equivalency. They essentially did this to be nice. And uh, I think they're I think they're going to based off trends that we've seen with what they're doing, I think they're just going to nuke it from orbit and get rid of it. So when I was a kid, one time I made a mistake and I said, I got a Christmas present and I was ungrateful. And I was like, oh, this is all I got. And they took it away. Oh, man. All right. My, my, my mom took it away. My mom's a strict lady. I, I thank her for it now. But the fact of the matter is, is it, it was right. It, it was duly so, right? So what happened was, is that a Christmas gift was given. You were given a FedRAMP memo. You wanted equivalency as the industry. DOD says, Merry Christmas. Enjoy this. And now they're going to snatch it back. I do think that I kind of side with you thinking that 7012 will eliminate the concept of equivalency. Um, but I think that it will still stick around for some reason to say that we have an equivalent option just to say it's there, right? Nobody touches it. Nobody knows what it means. It's just provocative, right? And then it's out there, but we won't have any right. moderate equivalent It's sort of like, uh, you know, like, like residing as I do in the great state of California and trying to get a concealed carry permit, right? You could theoretically get one, uh, but the odds of it happening and you navigating the paperwork and actually making it a reality, you're not getting one, right? It's not happening. Very similar here. You could theoretically get an equivalency determination. It's not going to happen, right? Like yeah. it's, the hoops are too insane. Uh, it's just it's just probably not going to happen. As many people said on LinkedIn in the the conflagration around the memo when it came out, it's easier for companies to just go get a FedRAMP cert. So by the end of the year, we'll probably see companies have just go after FedRAMP, you know, pure FedRAMP certification rather than attempting to get equivalency anyways. Uh, I don't I don't see it sticking around. Obviously, it's going to be a thing until the 7012 revision is final. Uh, but I don't think we're going to see any any a, a huge number of equivalent designated uh, services or solutions. But the time it takes to get FedRAMP like pre prepared for FedRAMP to prep the package for FedRAMP and stuff like that, 7012 will be revised by that time. Yeah. Like that is such a long timeline that even realistically, even if equivalency stuck around and it was a realistic goal, if somebody started it now, I don't think anybody would be FedRAMP equivalent by the end of the yeah. year anyway. So like it's yeah. just. It's kind of one and the same. So I, I think we can chalk that one up as a win. I, I, it's going to happen either way. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, one of those things where it's going to make the regulation simpler and more straightforward, but uh, it's going to probably make it a lot harder to deal with. Sure. Okay, prediction number four, the DOD IG audit of the C C3PAO accreditation process will be a giant nothing burger. Uh there was a, you know, a little spurt of activity when the DOD IG announced that they were going to do an audit of the DOD Cyber AB accreditation process for C3PAOs, the uh, organizations that are actually going to be conducting the CMMC certification assessments at level two. Uh, as we talked about in that episode, 
DODIG conducts over 100 routine audits of all kinds of DOD programs every year, uh, and they are not an indication of malfeasance in any way, mm -hmm. right? Uh, they do not uh, initiate standard audits into programs because they know something, uh, you know, is you know, there's an allegedly something wrong occurring, right? They initiate routine audits for the sake of initiating routine audits. It's quality control. That's what it there's, is. It's just yeah, quality there's, control practices. Th there's no indication whatsoever that the audit was started uh, because something is being done incorrectly or there's a suspicion of something being done incorrectly. A lot of people's confirmation bias, I think, got the best of them when this news was announced, thinking there must be something wrong because the IG is looking into it. And I think that when that report comes out, uh, there's going to be a lot of people who are disappointed because it's probably going to be like every other IG report where they're like, this could be improved. This can be improved. They're doing this well. They're doing this well. We have open recommendations. Do with, do with that what you will. Um, so I, you know, I think it's going to just be like every other IG audit. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a big deal at all. I think some of the most beautiful music to a naysayer's ear, to a bottom feeder naysayer's ear is DOD IG audit on the CMMC program, right? Because now it's something else to grasp onto for a couple of minutes, no matter how irrelevant it may be. And that's exactly what this is. I do think that this will turn out to be an irrelevant thing. I think it's a standard operating procedure, checks and balances type thing to make sure that the quality of a program before they release it into the wild is at least up to snuff. We've checked it. You know, we've, 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 crossed the T's and dotted the I's as we were told when we were kids, right? right? And I think that that's simply what this is. It's just another one of those things. Yeah, we looked it over. It looks good. Car runs real nice. That's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we've seen it. Now, the IG reports are very interesting to read. You know, we read them all the time. We try to post about them. We try to talk about them. But, you know, don't, uh, don't overestimate the effect that an IG audit can have on its own, right? So, you know, an IG audit back in the day is what originally led to the CMMC program altogether. So they can have big effects, but you find something like the CUI undermarking report that came out last summer, and they basically show that DOD is marking like single digit percentages of CUI when it flows into the supply chain. Uh, everything's still trucking along. So even if they do find room for improvement in the report, uh, I don't think that it's going to make as as many waves as as people were thinking or as some people were hoping. Uh, we'll probably see that sometime. I don't know, probably midway through the year. Uh, you know, those things take nine, 12 months, I think, once they finish their findings, wrap up their report and everything like that. So we'll, we'll figure out later, probably later this summer, uh, what what is in that report. But I don't think it's gonna be a big deal. OK, uh, prediction number five, the DOD will publish the 32 CFR CMMC final rule before the 2024 election. Well, this is a good one. This is a spicy one. This is a spicy yeah. one. So this also pure speculation, as we talked about in the Summit 7 webinar, historically, all of the data would indicate that the amount of time from publishing the proposed rule to publishing the final rule will take until Q1 of 2025, going all the way back to 2009, on average, it takes them about 280 business days to go from proposed rule to final rule. That puts us right around, you know, late Q1 of, of 2025. However, major rules, you know, significant rules like the CMMC program rule have one extra piece of red tape at the end of the process when a final rule is published. And it has to go through what's known as 
Congressional Review Act review. This is perfectly standard. Every rule goes through it. It's basically just another waiting period, and it's 60 days long. The problem is, is that if Congress is not in session for a full 60 days, whenever the rule comes up, then there's like this weird juggling process where they reintroduce it to pick up where they left off 15 days into the next session. And if they can't complete it because it's not a continuous 60 days, they have to continue doing this right until you add up to a full 60 days. So at the end of the year, when you've got all these micro stuttered congressional uh, sessions where they're actually in session, you don't have a continuous 60 days. So if they don't get the rule done before a new Congress takes session, then they're going to have that piece of red tape sort of get punted uh, multiple times until they can complete the full 60 days, right? So I think that the DOD is going to be highly motivated to get the rule published before the election so that they can start that 60 day countdown uh, before the next Congress takes over. And then they have to, it just, it just adds time to this red tape, right? So historically they, we expect them to be done Q1 of 2025. Um, you know, I, I think there's a non-zero chance that they could go a couple months faster, right? I don't think it's completely unreasonable to think that they can go a few months faster, um, than the average. Obviously we're talking about an average here. So there are things on the shorter side, historically, there are two reasons why I think they have positioned themselves to be able to go faster. One, uh, the proposed rule, the CMMC proposed rule includes comment responses to the 2020 rule, right? This is a little unusual because this is a proposed rule. It's not a final rule. Typically final rules contain comment responses from the government. So I don't know if this is them, you know, playing 4D chess or not. But it feels to me like they are pre-positioning, preempting their responses to public comments in the rule already. Uh, as we've talked about many times before, those comment responses that are currently in the rule are basically copy pasted directly from previous rules. So when people submit similar comments on this rule, they're just going to be able to carry those same thoughts forward. So I think the comment adjudication process is going to be uh, uh, much faster than average. The second reason why I think that this could happen is the DOD sent the CMMC proposed rule to SBA prior to sending it to OIRA. This is something that we talked about last summer. And that was sort of a weird pit stop that they uh, did where they, and they talk about this in the rule. They said, we sent the rule to the Small Business Administration before we ever even sent it up for final review before being published. And I think that's also a move to preempt uh, arguments that it's too impactful for small businesses because they already got the thumbs up from the SBA. So they can just sort of carry those findings forward when they respond to those comments and criticisms in the rule. And then sort of a third kind of bonus reason I think this could happen is the overall energy and attention around the proposed rule is much lower than it was in 2020. So I've just posted about this recently on LinkedIn you know, the, the 2020 rule is by far the most number of page views on the federal register for a DOD rule ever, like way above any other rule. And this rule, the, the, the CMMC proposed rule 32 CFR, the, the calibration, the update, the response to the 2020 rule has 10 times less 
uh, 10 times fewer page views overall. There's just way less attention and energy around this rule. So I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility at all. So I I don't know if that's necessarily a a home run of an assumption right there is that there's less energy around it. And the reason why I say that is because one thing that I notice now that I didn't notice back when is that every person with a LinkedIn, um, um, a LinkedIn profile that is, you know, hip to this information made sure that when the role came out that they were a source for that information, right? I have many copies of the role being published that can be pulled from LinkedIn. So until we see statistics of how many times somebody's post on LinkedIn has been visited where somebody pulled uh. that document, I, you know, like, it's just, I don't think that it's as drastic. I, am I saying that it's, it's, well, it's 100% one for one? No, yeah. but I, I don't think that it's the 90, 10 split that's there. But the page views, I obviously does. I think I think that does play a role, right? I think that the mm-hmm. increased social media conversation, broader discourse, is much much larger than it was in 2020. However, I think the main factor is the fact that the DoD was in people's faces about it in 2019 and 2020, and then from 2020, 2021 up to today, the DoD says almost nothing, right? Like they aren't doing webinars, they aren't doing the listening tour. They aren't doing the whistle stop train tour at every, uh, every dib events, you know, from coast to coast, right. They aren't out there. There, there is no Katie Arrington anymore, basically like beating the drum and saying there can't be right. Because the rule is, and they're still in comments until comments are adjudicated, right. They can't be beating the drum. They can't be out there. Right. I mean, they did it. They did it in 2019 and 2020 and it raised a lot of attention. I I get that. And it raised a lot of attention and look what happened. We have a completely new program. Like that's That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think that because there's, because the overall energy and attention is lower, right. I think that that's going to allow the DOD to go faster. Yeah. Well, as much as God, I want to agree with you so much because I want to speak this into existence. I just want it to be done. Right. I want to move forward. I want us to, to be in that the final stages of it, right? For that last bit of people that hasn't pushed over the hump. I so want this to be true. The problem is, is that we're talking about a rule that was uh, since March of this year, we were told any day now it's going over, right? Any day, any day. Listen, September. This is the, this is the 65 <laughs> yard, this is a 65 yard field goal prediction, right? Like historically, right. historically, all the data says that they shouldn't be able to do this. This is purely my my uh my my guess here i think they're going to go faster than average i think we'll get the final rule in 2024 and then did i hear this correctly congressional review act review there's a lot of reviews in that name yeah atm machine the automated teller machine machine right there's yeah it's the cra review thing i can't remember the term for that whenever you have so, like the last word of an acronym in the name in, of the acronym itself with the good of the div being the motivation for me, I'm going to side with you on this. I think that before elections happen and the world gets all crazy from elections that we see this rule go through. I just hope that it's not like the night before the election at like 11 PM. They're like, <laughs> what if you know? the CMM, maybe the CMMC rule will be the October surprise for our, our little corner of the world here, but I don't I know. People should let us know what you think in the chat. What do you think in the comments? Do you think they'll be able to go faster than average or not? Because if they go go faster than average, it will be in 2024. I I haven't looked about a year faster. We're talking about a couple months. What, um, what, what are the, I mean, you said there's a lot of less energy, but what are the comments? Like, is there a lot more comments being submitted? I know currently, currently we're right around at the time of this conversation, we're about 30 days in, we're about halfway through the comment period. And there's about half the number of comments 
uh, in total that there were on the 2020 rule. So if the number of comments continues, we'll have about the equivalent number of comment submissions. There were, so a lot of times in the rule and when they talk about the rule, you'll hear, oh, we got 750 comments, right? There were 168 comment submissions. There are people make multiple points whenever they submit a comment. So mm -hmm. there were 168 submissions that added up to 750 individual things said about the rule. Uh, here, 30 days in, I think there's just over 80 comment submissions. So we're right about halfway to the number of comment submissions we had last time, about halfway through the current comment period. So we could get the same number of submissions. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. Uh, you know, I think towards the end of the comment period, we'll probably take a look at what people are saying, but. Would they, if somebody submitted a comment and it was like a comment that was similar to a comment that they answered within the text of the rule, would they just point to that? Like, yep. hey, see this? Okay, yeah, all right. Yep, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, so it, there's there's, a, I just want to see if there's a lot of deduping that could be done and yeah, like, you know. Which is like, part of the reason why I think they'll be able to go faster. Cause I think as we've talked about before, the comments are all very predictable. And then Most the whole process of segregating the comments by documents and stuff like that. Too, yeah, I think most of the comments that will require some thought and work on the DoD are comments around calibration of, you know, scoping, spa applicability, stuff like that. But as far as like the big, the big windmill slam dunk things like cost, burden, impact, justification, all that stuff there, they mm -hmm. already have their answers. So. Yeah, okay. Comments. Um, okay. Uh, getting to the end here. Prediction number six. The far this is your 65 yard field goal. This is this is the white whale. This is yeah. the half court shot for everything. The far CUI rule will be published in 2024. All right, kids, gather around. Story time. So when the federal CUI program got launched, in order to implement the full federal CUI program across the whole government. There was a three-part plan. There still is a three-part plan. There was a federal CUI regulation. So the regulation, the rule that would impose the federal CUI program on the federal agencies themselves. There was a minimum standard that needed to be created that would be universally applicable to all categories of CUI for all agencies. And then there was a FAR rule that was supposed to go into all federal contracts to apply that minimum baseline to all federal contractors for all forms of CUI, not just a DFARS rule, DOD specific, DOD domain, DIB specific set of rules and regulations, right? So we, up until now, have two of the three parts of that three-part plan. We have the federal CUI regulation, which is 32 CFR part 2002. So you see this referenced a lot in the CMMC proposed rule. This is what drives the federal CUI program. It's what makes all the federal agencies have to have a CUI program for that agency. We have the minimum baseline of protections for the federal side. They can't have CUI categorized anything less than the moderate impact level. So it has to be on at least moderate confidentiality systems with those 853 controls. For the non-federal side, it's 800-171, the subset of the 853 moderate baseline tailored to just data confidentiality, which comes with its own, <laughs> its own set of problems that we've talked about uh, in previous episodes. What we're missing is the FAR clause, the Federal Acquisition Regulation Clause that goes into all federal contracts that says when you get CUI, 
you must apply 800171. What we do have is a DFARS clause, a DOD supplement to the FAR that says if you're a DOD contractor and you get CUI, you need to apply 800171 because the DOD said when this was all coming around circa 2015, 2016, we can't wait for every other agency to finally get around and agree. We're losing the data now. So we're going to write our supplement and we're going to sort of out, we're going to outrun the coverage here and we're just going to get started. You can see this in the 2016 rule. You can see this in the 2013 rule. You can see this in the, in still in the footnotes of 800-171 today, where the DOD says we are moving faster than the, the federal wide program. And once the federal wide program catches up, we will update our DFARS clauses to point to the FAR. But we're not gonna, we're not just gonna stand around and wait like the other agencies. We have to, we have to apply these protections right now because we're we're losing the war here. So um many, many years have gone by, and the FAR CUI rule is still stuck in deliberative rulemaking processes, right? Now it did go up for OIRA review, which is always the signal that a rule is pending publication you know, 90-ish days later, back in 2022. And in the summer of 2022, it was actually sent back by OIRA for uh, for changes. And so there's a bunch of other stuff that happened, but essentially the FAR CUI rule that says all federal agency contractors, not just DOD, any federal contractor has to apply 800-171, right? Which everyone's going to have the same problems that DOD contractors are having if you're sort of putting two and two together here, um, has been going through the changes that OIRA identified uh, in summer of 2022. We have spoken to people who claim to have read it and seen it. We know it exists. We know it's been to OIRA. We know that the rule is real. We also know that the only thing harder than a single agency like DOD to get all of their internal stakeholders to agree on the text of a rule is, is to get every agency, yeah. the, the, in, the entire set of federal agencies to all agree with themselves and then amongst themselves on the text of a rule. However, when this FAR CUI rule comes out, that's the giant meteor because this is not a DOD anomaly. As we've said before, a lot of the stuff that we talk about with the DOD, it seems weird. It seems obscure. It seems niche. It seems like this weird corner of some strange regulatory thing. It is not. It is a leading indicator. It is the canary in the coal mine for what is coming for all federal contractors. And if you think that the, you know, it's maybe sort of a bonus prediction here, not only will the FAR CUI rule be published in 2024, but on the heels of the FAR CUI rule, there will be other agencies that adopt the CMMC certification program for their contractors. Spicy. They will 100%. Now, I don't know if every agency is going to do it, right? DHS is, you know, too cool for school sometimes. But you are crazy if you think that the other agencies are not watching the DOD take flack for establishing this program. And they have the same requirements for the same type of data for their contractors, all they have to do is say, you need to go get a CMMC cert, and it's going to verify that the same requirements are implemented for CUI 100%. Once the FAR CUI rule is out, you'll see other agencies say, we're going to go with CMMC certification requirements for sure. Sometimes out of nowhere, you just say something and I'm like, that's my dog. 
<laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the that's, far UI rule has been people, people have retired from NARA who started this program and still have not seen the far UI rule. So we've heard it, you know, in 2022, it was with OIRA. It should have been published then. It got sent back. But I, I think, uh, I think this year, <laughs> as many, as many bitter, empty Chargers fans have said, I think this year's the year that, uh, that we get the far CUI rule. This is the, this is the year we do it all. In my mind, I think this is how it played out. All the heads of the different government agencies, DOD, DHS, all of that, were in a room together and somebody was like, hey, we need to do something about the CUI exfiltration problem. And the DOD was like, lead, lead by example, we got this, right? And, and now here we are. So where are we at with the far CUI rule? Let's put this into perspective. This is the equivalent to an all-government-wide DFAR 7012 clause. Uh, yeah, is, yeah. Which is requirement. It's the simplest way to and re and report it. Yep. Which means that there's still no existence in any of these other agencies of a DFAR 7012, 7019, 2021, 20, uh, or excuse me, 20 right. or 21. So this would make a 12, right? Implementing the requirements. You are here in the timeline. People are being asked to implement cybersecurity requirements as a part of a new clause that's been passed down. And then there's going to be some me measure, way that the, the government's going to measure it. Either you're going to self-report it like DHS has said they're going to do. And then eventually it'll evolve into something that needs validation. So you are five years behind the DOD if you are with another government agency. And I would be very, very interested to see um, like the reaction, like when, when the FAR CUI rule drops, of these organizations are like, you know, I'm just going to stop doing business with the Department of Defense because it's only 30% of my business. I already have all this other government work going on. And then they're like, wait. Yeah. Wait, a lot wait, of people wait, that wait, we wait. talk to, there's a lot of people that we talk to in the CMMC ecosystem that don't even know the FAR CUI rule is supposed to exist. There yeah. was a time, there was a time back in the time of black and white, circa, circa 2016, 2015. Uh, can you believe it? Can you believe it? Anyways, there was a time when the when the the NIST NARA DoD people could not get on a stage at a conference. They could not do an interview in an industry magazine. They couldn't they couldn't talk about 171 or DFARS or whatever without mentioning the FAR CUI rule, right? Because it is the rule under which all agency supplemental rules, DFARS, HSAR, whatever, answer to, right? Like they are supplements to this rule, essentially. So there was no conversation that did not include the third leg of the three-part plan to implement the CUI program. And today, most people don't even know we should have one. They think that NIST 171 and CUI is just a DOD thing, and it's not true. And when the FAR CUI rule comes out, uh, they're going to they're gonna learn in a hurry because well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect everybody exactly the same way that it's affected the DOD supply chain if not if not in 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 more impactful ways because the DOD supply chain is already very used to some of these types of regulations there's going to be a lot yeah, of federal just... contractors that are not in the defense space that get caught that get caught flat-footed by this for sure because it goes from now being a niche audience to being an absolute widespread thing right it's it's yeah. now not just it's an a industry far it's a vertical it is, yeah it's a clause that goes into all federal contracts not I mean, just one vertical it. of the government everything yeah. and then that that, is... that's the compounding waterfall effects of that are providers cloud providers things yeah. of that nature so yeah. like yeah yeah for sure all right last prediction here nist sp 8172 will increase by more than 25% when it is it. when it is revised. So you love NIST, to hear it. 
NIST recently had their webinar updating everybody on the draft process for 171 Rev 3, 172 Rev 1, collectively known as the CUI series of NIST standards. They expect that they will have 800 and 800 A revised and complete by the end of the year, 2024. Um, I think that they will 100% probably beat that estimate because they typically go faster, if not hit their estimates. Um, and I think that the overall increase in the number of requirements, number of assessment objectives in 172, 172A will be at least 25%. Now, 172 is what is assessed by CMMC level three. Uh, and we know that DOD is not assessing all of what is currently in 800, So how much of the revised 800-172 is assessed by level three is TBD. We'll have to see what the DOD goes with, but I think that uh, the standard will increase significantly. And I think that uh, the corresponding CMMC guidance afterwards will also increase uh, uh, in a significant way. Yeah, well, so I, I've all along, you know, beat the drum that this is 172 is the thing that they um, tried to, it, have people put on top to keep up with modern threats, right? And modern threats constantly evolve. And as they've evolved, new controls have to be extracted from the larger catalog. And especially with the change from the larger catalog going to Rev 5, we're talking 853 going to Rev 5, um, there's more stuff that has to come out. And eventually that's going to trickle downhill, leading all the way down to CMMC stuff um, to the point where when the CMMC model changes over to Rev 3 reflection, um, obviously we're going to see that growth. I love to see it. The only thing I don't like to see about this is this is another thing that we are saying at the by the end of the year, 2024, I just hope it's not all lumped together. Like I may. Yeah, we get the FAR CUI rule. We get 7012. Yeah, yeah, we get CMMC final. We get 48 CFR CMMC. We get 172. We get all five things under the tree. No, thank you. Please space them out over the year, everybody. That It'll be like those cartoons where they put the toothpicks under the eyelids to keep yeah. Bugs Bunny away. I, think, yeah, I don't yeah, want anything for Christmas. I don't want anything. I want to just spread it out over the year. Don't give me anything for Christmas. I got everything. I got everything. Yeah, yeah everything I want. need. Yeah. Please don't get us anything for Christmas, federal government. Please, please, please don't do that. Okay, uh, we got a bonus prediction here. It's not on the list of seven, but we got a bonus prediction. Uh, been a while since we've heard of a highly publicized major cybersecurity incident affecting critical infrastructure, government systems, stuff like that, specifically around supply chain. So. This is kind of a gimme surprise given the way that the world works these days, but there will be a major cyber incident involving critical infrastructure sometime in 2024, or at least published sometime in 2024, if it hasn't already happened. So, you know, famously things like solar winds and stuff like that, when the reports come out, you know, typically that activity was discovered and starting to get worked on months before. So it may have already happened and we don't know about it. Um, but I think that sometime in 2024, we will find uh, out about a major cybersecurity incident involving critical infrastructure. Yeah, these are the type of predictions that you don't want to make, right? Like you don't want to say, man, something bad. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the, it's almost it almost doesn't count as a prediction because one, you don't want to make it. And two, you know, it's going to happen. So when I um, was, was you know putting together my list for, for the show and we wanted to come up with a bonus, I, I agreed. And I put that there's critical infrastructure. There's going to be some sort of target, you know, attack. It's been too long. Um, I know that that sounds like very 
morbid in, in a way. Um, but it's been about three years since we've had something that has really affected critical infrastructure. Yeah. And the emphasis is there. And and um, it, it kind of plays into a theme. The government starts saying, hey, we need to worry about this. Or you start seeing industry saying, we need to worry about this. And then all of a sudden it happens. And then what do we do as, an, uh, as a government? We react then, right? Well, all these executive with, orders, legislations, all these things come out, right? Growing, growing tensions. I mean, growing tensions with China and Taiwan, growing tensions with Iran and the situation in the Middle East growing tensions, existing tensions with Russia and Ukraine. Like it doesn't take much to imagine that any one of those could spill over into a situation. You know, not that long ago, we heard that report that, you know, uh, the Iranian APT actors were starting to target uh, Israeli made uh, operational technology components inside domestic U.S. Uh, water suppliers. So, yeah. you know, any and one of those, any one of those situations zigs instead of zags, and you're going to end up with uh, with a, a solar winds part two. Personally, my my variation on this prediction is I think there's going to be a major cybersecurity incident that gets disclosed, and I think it's going to directly involve the DoD supply chain and or some sort of major DoD weapon system. I think this is going to be on par with the F-35 compromise, the Sea Dragon compromise. Uh, I think the Volt Typhoon actors that we've talked about before that are messing around specifically in Guam. Uh, I don't think that I don't I don't think we get out of 2024 without some really bad news. I agree 100%. I agree that it involves the DOD suppliers and weapon systems, but I take it a next step up and I think that it involves AI. I think that our adversaries will leverage AI against us um, yeah. and create the next major thing. And then that's going to spiral down on a crackdown of executive orders and legislation around AI. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. All right, everybody. Well, on that cheery note, what do you think? Yeah. Do you think we got Get excited, the, everybody? Yeah, do you think we got the predictions right? Do you think we got the predictions wrong? Uh, either way, you know, hopefully we'll revisit these at the end of the year. And if we get them all uh, wrong, then uh, you'll have to message us to do it. Otherwise, we'll just probably bury it under the rug. But I think some of these are going to be I think these are pretty, pretty accurate for what could possibly happen. But let us know and uh, let us know if we missed any obvious predictions as well. And we can cover them later. So there you go, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>